Nate, we are here. We are in the presence of probably some fake creature spying on us. Let's be honest. You know, I suspected at the moment I got here. Folks, I've been a changeling this whole time. Sorry. I did not mean to lie to you all. Yes, I'm a bearded man on the exterior, but interior, I'm a changeling. Sorry, y'all. No, but <laughs> anyway, it's always good to have a little fun. Nate, my friend, how are you today? I, I am most excellent. Um, so happy to be here. Love what you're doing on the show. And I appreciate you, you know, coming clean about the whole changeling thing. I had the eggshells yep. ready to boil to check because I kind of suspected it as much, but we get to skip that step now. Yep. And, you know, I wanted to make sure because when we met on the app uh, known as TikTok, I, that's how I get people to come on the show is I lure them with this humanoid exterior and the beard. It's not even real. Now, how many names have you stolen? A gentleman never says. Okay, fair, fair enough. But fair because enough. we're on the podcast and I feel pressured, the 19. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting there. You know what I mean? Like, I have, I have lofty goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But no, actually, if I were to be a fantasy creature, let's be real, it'd be a dwarf or a halfling. Good call. I like to eat and smoke my pipe and pretend like I'm a wizard, but in reality, my stature and size is not of a wizard. I'm I'm thick boy summer, thick boy winter. Hey, a guy can have goals, right? Hey, you know what? That's right. I don't, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of Dragonlands, but Raceland is not my fit. I love the character concept, not, but it wasn't someone I strove to be. I wanted to be like Caramon. I've, I've always considered myself more of a treant. That was kind of the direction I took it in. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes, you don't, you don't have to worry about the physique too much because a, a treant, you can, you know, trees can have those nice thick burls Heck in yeah. them. Which... You see, this is what I love about the communities that we can joke around and have actually quasi serious conversations of what fantasy uh, race or species that we would be. But Nate, like, like we said, we, we met on TikTok and I love the content that you create. It's, Honestly, some of the more positive and really some of the better content that's out there, not inside the TTRPG community only, but outside, because sometimes I get really confused at the dances that go around TikTok. Um, so it's just nice to have someone that I can uh, have a kindred spirit. But for the folks who are listening and may not know, if you don't mind, uh, can you kind of go through your TTRPG experience, kind of walk us through how you went from starting to play TTRPGs to then becoming a content creator on TikTok. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we'd have to go way back to when I was a kid growing up. My mom was a a special education teacher at the high school in my hometown. And one of the teaching methods she'd use with her students was this great computer game called Zork. She would use that with her students. And so Zork had a really special place in my home growing up. I was six, seven, eight hitting trolls with swords and stealing from thieves, walking around these mazes. Uh, it, adventuring had a, a place in my life very early on. I, I put a lot of credit there. In fact, one of our, our dogs, we, we named Zork. That being said, past Zork, I grew up in a very focused on the family type of setting. So mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of D&D in my life as, as a high school kid that was frowned on. When I got to college, that all changed. And little D&D, but I really had my starting place in Call of Cthulhu, which wow. personally for me, I thought 
that was a great way to be introduced to TTRPGs. I was a, a Lovecraft and weird fiction fan. The game was very immersive to me. Uh, my friends and I always had a good time playing with it. And, and there's that concept of there's so much weird information out there. Sure. You're never going to know all of it. And yeah. I feel like that puts you in the in the shoes of a character from one of those Lovecraft stories. So that really pulled me in from there. We played, uh, I can't remember which systems exactly, but several Star Wars uh, TTRPGs. Oh, yes, I know. What you're a, little, a little light sprinkling of OSR hack and slash, and then moving into D&D kind of formally. And, uh, you know, one day I, I started going, you know, I... I spend so much time consuming videos on TikTok. What if I try throwing some videos out there? And I, sure. my, my first video that really picked up was about using a hourglass at the table to motivate your players, especially when they're getting sidetracked. And from there, I just kept going. And those character creation dice made their appearance and people started loving that. And that has been a major backbone of the things I've done on the app. Just the other day, I want to say we've, put up character 170, 170, 170 characters have been made for people. That's awesome. TikTok app. Yeah. And, and we're still going th strong. I got about 6,000 requests for characters. So um, plenty of people to make characters for. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Um, all right. It's one of those things that this community has grown in such a, in such a speed, because I feel from the time you and I grow up, or we're growing up, excuse me, where we had to kind of keep the hobby to ourselves. Oh, yeah. And, you know, whether you were an athlete or you were not an athlete or like in the sense of like the popular crowd or not, um, you still had to keep it pretty silent because, for example, if you were part of the popular crowd, you didn't want to tell your um, your peers that you played this game of fantasy. And then if you were not in the popular crowd, you didn't want to say anything because the popular kids would bully you most likely, if not, you know, horribly. So I think now, and I, and I love the fact that now that is more popular, um, that that is a, a, a source for people to be creative. Now you, you mentioned that you have over, you know, over 6,000 requests for character creations. Um, could you dive deep into how that first started? For those who, who who kind of, they see these character creations, but they weren't there from day one, let's just say. As, as far as on TikTok goes? Yes, yeah. For So for so basically, why and how did the character creations uh, start in the first place? So I've always said I'm I'm not a proper dice goblin, if you will. I I have a couple sets of dice. They're my go-tos. I don't know about you, man, but I'm getting to that point where I just care if I can see the numbers really well. That's what I look yes. for in a in a, a pair of dice or set of dice. Um they gotta be they, they need to be visible. I'm yes. sorry. I, I cannot I love the dice goblins out there. I love you all so much. Oh, much respect. But y'all must have the eyes of an eagle because I can't be dealing with that. I need like Times New Roman font at 14. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't do it. It's that dad life. Or maybe yeah. just getting older. I don't know. Yeah. But I get you. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's, I, I figured we'd connect on that. Um, but I, I do like to collect interesting dice. And there's this company called, um, it's either Black Citadel or Citadel Black. And they made a very basic character creation set of dice. Comes with two D6s for 
your character alignment, mm-hmm. and then uh, two, I want to say it's two D12s for your race and your class. And I just, I did a video showing those off, letting the uh, people see these new dice I bought, and somebody did a comment, roll me up a character. And why not? Give me uh, an excuse to make some content. So I did that and created just a little backstory for them and four or five more people requested on that video to do characters i'm like oh this is turning into something so i made characters for those people and each one of those videos started uh getting more requests and the collection if, if you go back and watch some of those earlier videos to what i'm doing now there are quite a few more dice that have entered the field of play uh to help me kind of flesh out these characters uh and it just kept picking up more and more steam. And when I was at about 8,000 followers, something happened. Two of my character creation videos went viral at the same time, just rocketed to 30,000 almost overnight. And the comments kept coming. And and one Man. thing that I'm, I'm having fun doing this, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. For and sure. I love seeing how excited people are getting about these, these characters. Uh, but I'm noticing I am getting a lot of people from the community that you, you kind of brought up people who have either never played or never been comfortable enough vocally saying that this is something they've always been interested in, but they were never, you know, comfortable to take that first step. This this is kind of their introduction. Mm-hmm. And and I love that. And as it as it grew, I did uh, you know, open up a, a Kofi shop because some of the requests, actually a quite quite a few of the requests I get are, oh, make me a character for next Friday, or I really need one for Tuesday. And with, you know, I'm trying to do a random pool thing out of fairness, but um, next Tuesday might be a little tight, but yeah. the coffee the they can do that. And I reached out to my friend, Scott, who is an amazing artist and working with him to make these custom character sheets for people mm-hmm. if they want. And, and, and we're just, we're just doing it. We're, I'm still doing most of the character creations for free every now and then I'll do it on commission. And once a month or so, Scott and I will work together. Um, I've actually gotten quite a few requests for, um, memorial characters for family um, members or, or friends who have uh, passed away which um, we're, we're happy to do those as well that's re- that's really that's not only just thoughtful but that's really cool that the community is doing that and i really i find it endearing and actually really special that that would be something where the community would want because we often forget that those in the TTRPG community are from so many diverse backgrounds right i know a lot of folks who have backgrounds uh who and you know in um, our military and in the u at least from the u.s military and they played i mean look at luke gygax he's played throughout his career um when he was deployed and with a lot of got a lot of folks out there were deployed playing tabletop games because that's what you know bought them time and one of my dear friends and the dungeon master for the game that i'm currently in in his world that's been running for 30 years now that's what he played during deployments so it's really cool to see that character being memorialized with that being said though has there ever been a character that you kind of looked at and was just kind of was taken back just by the uniqueness of the character or uh, a feature that the character had that you never thought would work maybe like a special build that they really went into it and, and they thought to themselves oh this is pretty unique there there have been a few of those i i get really excited when the dice roll up patrons or, sorry, sorry, warlocks. I, I get really excited for warlocks because I love 
playing with the patron warlock relationship in a way that is something different than just a great evil deity bestowing knowledge onto someone selling their soul. Absolutely. Uh, I really like to play around with the idea of the uh, the patron being in some sort of trouble or being in some form of peril that motivates them to seek out the warlock character. I did a a, uh, a herringon. I rolled a herringon. Or it might have been a request. It must have been a request. I don't think I have a heron gone on the dice. But ultimately, I don't know what the other dice said that made me come up with this, but... I had the Herringon and his village captured by a spell jammer and his the the deity what would become his patron was some not evil eldritch but just bizarre strange weird eldritch being mm-hmm. that was being held in captivity in this this spell jammer and the whole reason his village had been picked up was this entity had selected him to to help it escape to help it get out of there um mm-hmm. I also love playing with the magic items they get through the dice rolls. I did one where they found a severed hand, not a hand, a skeletal hand in a stream with a ruby ring on it. I think the the ring, uh, the glinting light attracted them to it. And when they fished the skeletal hand out of the water, it animated. And it's it's been a while, but I think who that hand belongs to was important. And it kind of became a thing from the Adams family type of familiar nice. falling on her shoulder, uh, but also put her on a quest to help reconstruct whoever that hand belonged to. That's awesome. I love so it. I, I have fun with it. Sometimes the dice do most of the storytelling and do more of the work for me. Sometimes I have to add a little bit more to it, but uh, there, there are some fun characters. The first memorial character that I, I came up with, it, it was the first time I had been asked to do that. It, it was a fairly emotional process because when they do that, I, I do a mini interview with them to get a little information about that person who uh, I, I want it to. I don't want the, the character to be a carbon copy sure. of that person, but I want that person to influence them. And the gen- the fire genasi ranger that i rolled up is will always be one of my favorite characters so yeah it's it's been very fun getting to know all these characters all 170 of them i've noticed that oftentimes dungeon masters game masters when create or people right when creating characters they put a lot of their own self into this do you m- kind of see yourself when you're creating these characters although some of them are commissioned or, you know, you have the mix of the commissions and whatnot that you start putting, a, you know, some of yourself in these characters. And do you notice how that impacts the next character that you create? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I never thought of that before. Possibly. So much. I have so many dice that that control so many aspects of these entities, these characters. I definitely empathize with them a little bit more. I've never played sure. a an evil character at least intentionally. So I, I want to say I I don't necessarily put myself, at least intentionally, into every character, but there are characters that I empathize more. Um, I there There's a certain dice that talks about how a character acts in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what the, the set says the die faces, but I call it smarmy, that what I call Spider-Man energy. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've all that... I, I love Spider-Man. I divide superheroes into two characters mm-hmm. or two categories. You're either an Achilles or an Odysseus and Spider-Man is an Odysseus. He's very witty 
And I, I, I love those characters that have that half the battle is them throwing insults at the villain. I, I can relate to those characters a little bit more. Probably, so I'll, one thing I try, I don't do this with every character, but I want to say almost everyone. I try and give them a reason to need their party. I try and embed that in the backstory because I believe that will fix 99% of the problems at the table that come about the statement of, well, that's what my character would do. Whether it's an evil character working, you know, doing something against the party or just the rogue stealing something from the shop at a critical moment and just devastating the players' reputations in that town. If you are in a, a desperate starting point in your story where you you have some goal that you have to achieve, and it mm -hmm. may not be achieved in this adventure that we're telling, but that's the reason you're with this group of people, that's going to make the gameplay and the relationship stronger. Sure, absolutely. And I'll tell you this, you've seen Labyrinth, yeah? I have. Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies for the ending. And I feel like growing up, we've seen so many adventure stories that end with the traditional motif of returning to stasis. At the end, sure. the adventurer bids farewell to all the magical creatures and beings that yeah. they encountered on their journey. Which is their disappointing. Life to normal. At the end of Labyrinth, they all come back and have a party with her. Yeah. And that was such a special moment to me. So I suppose although I like to say it's there because of strategy, this connection to the people that you're with, that you're adventuring yeah. with, is certainly a, a core part of, of who I am and how I approach things. Because you can't do anything on your own. It's, you, you yeah. Need to well, life is very reflective, and TTRPGs are reflective of life. It's one of the reasons why I think there's so much debate around some of the intricacies of TTRPGs, and specifically, we get into Dungeons and Dragons. I've noticed for as long as I've been running games, people have this very inherent, I would say, opinion about how a TTRPG should be run. Now, with Dungeons and Dragons, or really any fantasy base of so Pathfinder, right? Numenera, even more like science fantasy, but you know, you get, you, you, hopefully, folks understand it is this connotation that. A thing has to be reflective. It has to be very similar. And I'm going to provide an example. I was talking with a friend of mine who owns uh, Dungeon Soap, great soap company. I love them. We were talking about, and I don't know if you remember this, but the incident where folks were debating wheelchairs and TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what type of, what I get where people are defensive because it is a that's their opinion. I, I want to be I want to be sensitive to their opinion too. I get where they could be defensive because it's a fantasy world and certain you know certain things would occur in a fantasy world like healing. Why would you have a wheelchair when you could be healed of said ailment? But that also isn't reflective of the world, right? The world itself may not have that magic that you create, but more importantly, the D the mechanics of D and D aren't necessarily descriptive. They kind of give you the basics and say, here you go, have fun with it. Don't blow anything up. Wink, wink. <laughs> and, and that's how it is. And I think that people kind of like what you were uh, alluding to, where we have this typical trope of, the hero says goodbye. The hero does this. There's not really reasoning. You meet in a tavern, right? You have those typical tropes or the bard, you know, the bard is 
flirtatious and the barbarian is quite honestly a buffoon. And I wonder if we should really consider questioning ourselves when we come up with these tropes or follow it, whether you're a new or a veteran player, because what does it do? Is is it bad? Is this lazy storytelling or is this pure fun and enjoyment? Right. What what are we leaning on? And mind you, I just blew up on on TikTok um, regarding uh, bard memes because they're fun, and I I do get a kick out of it. But I wonder, and I think to myself, do our you know do we think of the bard as this one trope versus wait a minute, the bard is a minstrel. The bard can utilize right. their words in such an eloquent way where they can manipulate politics. They can manipulate the courts, just like in history of minstrel was one that carried news of faraway lands that told of adventures and essentially had sway over courts later in the future. The Barbarian, this is one of my favorite movies, so mind you, I'm going to be biased, but Braveheart gave a great example of the intellectual barbarian where they knew combat or Conan. This person is intelligent when it comes to battle and strategy and warfare. They're just not necessarily intelligent in the ways of quote culture. I always think to myself and I always love to ask people, what are your thoughts on that current on, on the current TTRPG tropes? And again, it's a bit of a long segue to get to this point, but it, I feel it's needed to kind of lay the foundation where we're at in TTRPG especially D&D like fifth edition doesn't mechanically like we run into these tropes we run into the problems that we run into as a community right wheelchairs and TTRPGs I'm, I'm really neither for or against it but we run into resurrection questions all these things because of the mechanics and then the culture of, of, of our community. I guess my first question would be, what do you consider in these tropes? Do do Should we be really considering and thinking and contemplating or is that time wasted? That's my first part of the question. So I just got back from a week at Disney World yes. with some very good friends of ours and their child was talking to my child and something judgmental was casually said. Oh, and uh, nothing huge, but my very good friend looks down at her child and says, hey, don't yuck a yum. And I that just struck me. What a great phrase. I think tropes oh, are tropes. Yuck a yum. Oh, I got yum. it. Okay. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that next time. Use I'm, I'm using it. Um, I feel like tropes are tropes because they're comfortable and fun. I mean, hey, to this day... If I need it, I will watch, rewatch every season of The Office because it's comfortable and familiar and reassuring. Yes. And I think there are some people, especially in the era we're in, where we're pulling in so many new people to this hobby who are here for the tropes, who Absolutely. want to be at a table where it is just that classic high fantasy adventure. It used to be, I love this moment, you would walk into a used bookstore and go to the fantasy section. Mm -hmm. And there were thousands of books, but the majority of them were three inches thick and all had the same cover. And it was some mountainside and there were three mm -hmm. people on a horse. And it was a young woman 
a young warrior and a wizard and, and who was on the horse was always some different combination. The wizard might be leading the horse while the maiden sits on it, something like that. And I think there are people who show up for this game for that classic arrangement. And that Absolutely. is fine. It is, it is that comfort food. It is, it is reassuring. That is great. But one of, one of my other favorite podcasts is the, it's a mimic podcast. And one of the guys oh. over there, he will frequently talk about you know conflict over doing things a different way than somebody else and his his response is like what am i having fun wrong you talk about you know shout doing- out to it's a mimic by the way i love uh, i love y'all and actually pep uh ashley she's one of the players in our in our group so oh really shout oh, okay. out to you pep well you talk about the bard and is is it always this charismatic character you know the i i love bards mm-hmm. bards are my spirit animal but you know the one type of bard that i am dying to play the archetype for that bard i am dying to play a bard that is the fantasy embodiment of jimmy mcgill from better call saul yes i don't want to be a casanova i want to be a a fast-talking, quick-thinking Professor Harold Hill from The Music Man that gets by... Again, it's... it's it, Both categories are fine, but I love the Odysseus characters Absolutely. versus the Achilles characters, personally. So, you know, don't yuck a yum and don't judge your own yums, I That's guess. Right. That's right. Um, do what works for you and for your table. And if it's a big conflict, you know, maybe you're not at the right table and that's okay. It's okay to True. say, you know, it's it's not a good fit. So how do you have those conversations though? As a, if you're a new player or even actually let's, let's provide two scenarios. How do, first, the question is, how do you have that conversation with the group when you are a player? And part one of that is how do you go about it when you're a new player or rather playing in a new group of people that you've gotten to know, let's say over a year, right? Because that's relatively new versus how do you have that same conversation when it's a gaming group that you've been with for five plus years where you've built relationships, you've probably, let's be honest, in five years, if it's a couple of people, maybe one of them is dating or engaged or married, and then they have a kid, you Mm -hmm. feel this attachment to this group. So how do you have those conversations of, hey, I don't think this game's for me anymore. I need to bow out. So for the, the newer players coming in, well, let's, let's start with that one first. That's a tougher one because usually so I am mostly a DM and I mostly work with I'm the forever newer people coming into the game for the first time. So I, I kind of try and keep an eye out for them and and listen and check in. I came from, you know, fortunately, I came from a very good theater program um, in sure. my college years. And that was all about the check-in. How are these people doing? And, and now, um, you know, it's all connected. I'm a manager now. I have to take sexual harassment training. And, yep. you know, I genuinely want my employees to have a good experience in the workplace. And so, sure. you know, Dungeon Masters, realistically, it wouldn't hurt for them to take that kind of training because it talks about, you know, don't make them feel singled out. Leadership training. Would be really beneficial for dungeon masters, to be honest. It would be great. And and that leads you, you know, you talk about the more seasoned group. We're in a a weird era where we have this communication, and I think TikTok has really helped in the trading of ideas and concepts and brought things to the forefront, like session zeros strengthen the ideas of session 
zero setting expectations, but the, the group who has been playing together for five, six, seven, eight years, when they started that the whole session, maybe the session zero, but the, um, the player consent sheets and things like that, or even having discussions about what we're okay with and what we're not okay with that, that wasn't a thing. And I will speak to my, my own experience and it's, it's not the most dramatic story, but I was playing a bard in my group of five years. And I, I will say the the DM who was running this game is probably the most talented DM I've ever had the pleasure of sitting in front of. Wow. Incredi- incredibly talented. But we had this moment where we were in this far off land. You, you've been listening to me for 40 minutes or so. Clearly, I like to talk. I, I You're in good company. <laughs> I, I had like this clever this clever moment with this female protagonist and I said something very witty and he had me do a, a charisma check or something. And he, he basically said, would you like to take her to bed with you? Something like that. And I felt so on the spot because up until that point, I had never thought of the bard like that before. My bard yeah. or the bard in general. I mean, yeah. there's the joke reputation, but... That was never my goal with the character. And I said yes, because I felt there was an obligation to the trope. And, and, and he, he did a very tasteful fade to black. It wasn't that big a thing. But I always kind of regretted that. And I would have rather not. I I I felt I followed through on that again out of out of obligation and expectations. And I'm sure there are more moments like that than not at these tables of people playing together for years and years. And you might be sitting there going, you know, well, none of my friends have issues with X, Y, Z. It's like, you don't, you don't don't know what goes inside someone's brain skull. You don't know, you may know them, but you don't know everything they've experienced. And uh, I guess I'm taking a long way time to answer your question. I, I think it works better if you are a player having an uncomfortable moment at a table with your seasoned friends, I would start with more of a one-on-one with the DM outside of game time. Don't put yourself on the spot in front of all the other people, bring it to their attention first. And, you know, communication helps, but um, I would, I would start small like that, hear what they have to say about it. That makes sense. And I feel that for that group, for that group, it's going to be difficult because naturally you think okay what where is this coming from what did i do wrong it starts it starts to have an inward spiral versus when it's a newer group it's oh we didn't know that about each other okay my bad and i and i'll i'll be honest with you i have the group that we play in person and i love them to death they're they're great friends of mine how and you know they they have you know they were there when my wife was pregnant Mm -hmm. around the second third try oh second trimester for sure all the way till you know my daughter was born and so on and so forth and and afterwards and now with our second one on the way it's kind of like they've been there too and it's great and i love them and i don't mean to say it's going to come naturally though but it's way different to talk to them when you've gone through the session zeros right when you have gone through the awkwardness of a new group because we took the time to have the session zeros this is the world. This is what I accept in the world. Pretty much anything. This is what I don't accept at the table. Don't be a jerk. And what does that mean? We as gamers, but specifically as game masters, must take into consideration all the tools that are at our disposal and leverage them. I'm actually really proud of the way we handle things as a gaming group. But more importantly, what we, you know, we we came out with recently, a shameless plug, but we came out 
recently with a character prompts worksheet mm. where basically you'd have multiple sections and it had 10, 20 plus questions um, each section. And it essentially went through the building of a character in those with those questions. And each was, you know, family life and pre-adventuring life, things of that nature. And you kind of have to have that in your session zero with your players. You have to have a bit of a worksheet that says, hey, what's your experience with TTRPGs? Mm-hmm. Oh, I played Call of Cthulhu. I played Star Wars RPG, uh, the D6, you know, version. Oh, I played Star Wars 5th edition because I really love 5th edition, you know, Star Wars and 5th edition rule set. And I've played Pathfinder. Okay. Do you want role play? Do you want combat or a mix? Oh, I just want all role play. I don't care about, okay. I, you know, you start asking those questions. You have that worksheet and it's kind of like an interview, but more importantly, not to sound weird, but it's like a date. You're sure. dating, you're courting this group because let's be honest, that group can probably last you a lifetime. Like realistically, there are people who have been playing 30, 40 years. My my friends, um, actually, like I said, Ashley, aka Pepperina, on It's a Mimic, her and I've been playing together for in the same world, I think four or five years now, in the same group, three years, I believe, two or three years. There's a lot of time that has passed. And obviously, we know things that we don't want to talk about or things we don't, but we're also really good friends, all of us, uh, Pep and her husband, like we're all great friends. So it's kind of hard to not get in that spirit mm. of camaraderie, but also, hey, how you doing? You know, how's your health? been you know random question but how's how's that doing okay good like we know each other so i I almost say you have to kind of court them you kind of have to talk to your players as if they are yeah that's right they're not just players they're humans they're people with feelings and emotions because i know for myself i don't like certain topics when it comes to ttrpgs i just stray away from you know specifically like the i don't really like and this is going to sound wimpy the hurting like i I mean i'm a hunter like i'm pro i I don't you know i know a lot of people may have their views on it but I, i i do that to provide for my family mainly um, as a means of really just food survival. But I do not like hurting animals at all. Mm, and yeah. unwillingly, it's just really, you know, it, it's, it just doesn't bode well. So when you, I, I remember I had a GM who was a great, dis, you know, descriptive narrative style or who had, who had one rather, talked about how this person was so mean, they kicked like a cat, right? And that got me in the gut because at the time I had a cat and she had passed away and mm. I'd had her for like 17 years. I had her since she could hold like fit in my palm. And she was like, you know, Calvin and uh, Calvin and Hobbes type, like, you know, but, or I don't know if it's Calvin, but you know, best friend Han and Chewie, like that was the type of friendship we had. Um, She was like my little familiar. I used to joke around and it, it stings and it, and it stung at that point. But again, conversations need to be have or be had, excuse me. But I do want to switch really quick because all these thoughts have made me think about kind of D&D, the mechanics. Yes, certain things things are allowed, but it also made me start thinking about Wizards of the Coast. And I think we have to put a little disclaimer out there for the folks have heard about what's going on with the OGL. I'm really apologizing. I'm really sorry if you've heard, if you're hearing this again and you're kind of worn out by it. However, I think it needs to be stated that the problems that we have 
just like in a company, often stem from leadership or culture. And, you know, Nate, I know you've been playing for 10 plus years and, you know, we were talking about it beforehand. So you and I have seen the change from 3, 3.5, fourth edition and the things that have occurred. And I would like to glean, I would like to really learn about your insight on this because my theory is that with one D&D, which in my opinion, it's sixth edition, y'all. I really do think it's sixth edition. They're just saying it for marketing purposes, or they're saying the opposite for marketing purposes, excuse me. But really the debacle that we're in right now is because it's a repetitive history. Like Wizards did this in 3.5 era, where they started buying up little publishers, little companies that were involved making D&D stuff. And then they dropped the the proverbial boot and fourth edition pops. And everyone's like, holy crap, this is really not great. The rules is just really, nope, I'm, you know, I can't believe what they did. And oh, they just changed the OGL to something else. I'm going Pathfinder. I'm going with Paizo. Paizo's always cared about their players. They've been going to the conventions since X date. And, you know, now 2023, they're still going to conventions versus Wizards who hasn't shown up to a convention since 2008. And my question to you is, are you surprised at the end of the day that Wizards did this stuff with the OGL? Surprised? No. No. Um, And I, I want to be careful here because some things have happened that aren't cool and I don't want to sound like sure. I'm defending Wizards. No, we have to have an objective we have to have an objective answer. You know sure. what I mean? Like I've just grown old and cynical, and I feel like we can't be too shocked that a sure. major company decided to make moves to make more money. Sure, sure. I think this this would have come eventually. And I feel like Cobalt Press was probably telling the truth when they said that they had already been working on Project Black Flag. Right. I think they saw the writing on the wall a while ago, whether this exact thing was going to happen or not i think they realized they needed to move away to something a little more independent that they can control on their end here here's my big thing with the ogl debacle again not surprised that they tried to make this move but what what gets my hackles up Mm -hmm. is things leaked and then there was a week of silence that was, I'm not going to, so I work, cor- I have a corporate gig, mm-hmm. um, corporate job, and it's great. I honestly love it because it's another part of my passion. And I was looking at this and kind of saying, looking at my you know watch, ironically, the one that's charging. And I said, hmm, 24 hours has passed. There's no apology. And, and, and I want to clarify a couple of things. First and foremost, they are directed by Hasbro, which is then directed by their shareholders or, you know, shareholders to Watsi. What either, either way, there are the shareholders are the main drivers of this in a pack. Whether passively or actively, they're still the main drivers. They basically are the quote motivation for these companies to ramp up certain things. So I don't really, I don't like necessarily saying, oh, this is part of capitalism because capitalism allowed us to have Dungeons and Dragons anyway. And there's also companies, thankfully, because of a, I think it's an abuse of capitalism. I think it's corporate greed versus the the true benefits of capitalism, why we have Cobalt Press, why we have MCDM Productions, which I love Matt Colville. He's a genius and all every and what he does for his products and his employers are just quite honestly genius. 
So this is an example of corporate greed and detachment from your customer base. That's my, that's like what, you know, not shareholder value. It's at the end of the day, you forgot who your customers were or you didn't care. And then you said to yourself, I'm going to push the envelope and Mm -hmm. I'm going to push it and push it and push it. And it's almost like if someone said, Hey, you should probably stop pushing the gas. Hey, wait a minute. You're going to, you're going to tear your engine out if you keep doing this and oh now your car is busted well we we've confirmed that these were discussions that they were having behind the scenes prior to the inciting incident if if you run a ttrpg company in the style of DD, it's kind of an issue you have to confront and you have to either find a clever solution or just kind of deal with it of the six people sitting at the table only one of them is doing the majority of the buying typically and they saw that as a problem and you know it it's an issue if you want to you know, create economic growth for your shareholders. Um, but they they leaked this out. They didn't say anything. And I am, you know, I I have a very patient wife who is very understanding of my Kickstarter habit. And I am getting update after update of frantic people in the middle of their projects saying, we're doing everything we can, but we don't know how this is going to end. And we don't know, we may be able to deliver the product to you, but we don't know if we're going to be able to sell it afterwards. People made major financial decisions in that. Things don't just get planned two weeks beforehand. Sometimes they get planned years ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on the water since I was 16 years old between here and Alaska. And I love reading about disaster situations, what went wrong, and the kind of credo that I've taught myself that I teach to the captains that I'm training is when you're in an emergency situation, you have to be willing to make a bad decision. Because in an emergency situation, a bad decision is better than not making a decision. Absolutely. And we saw a week of not making a decision. Um, and I, I just, my heart goes out to all of those, again, mostly on Kickstarter, it's mostly small businesses or people you know, going out on their first endeavor. I can't imagine the stress that they had to endure during that first week. Oh, absolutely. And it's already, excuse me, it's a, first off, it's a hard time. It's a weird time to go out in an economic endeavor like this, because on one hand, the economy is in such a weird place, not a Mm -hmm. bad, uh, not a good place. However, for the entrepreneur, this is almost a perfect opportunity because, hey, this is what's going to happen, right? If you can survive in this type of rough, in, in, in this type of rough economic environment, you'll survive in a in, when when in a positive one with that being said it's also really unfortunate that people and I, I saw this too, where they gave, they had to make decisions that affected their livelihood and their family. And I've heard different responses. I've heard, well, that's very reactionary. Okay, granted, that's an opinion and I understand. And, and maybe it's a opinion that's quasi truthful. It doesn't negate the fact that people made big decisions. And some people were pushed to say, hey, you know what, we're going to go this route with our company. Or, you know, for example, the first person that comes to mind is Dungeon Master Dave. Good, you know, he's a cool guy. I, I know him from Instagram and great guy. And he went a one route. He said, nope, I'm going to be doing this. 
and I'm going to do this and that's it. And then your Colville, you know, your Cobalt presses, your MCDM productions, um, Paizo and all these people went another, but then you have the 80% of the creator uh, community that's trying to make decisions. I know for myself, for those again, who may or may not know, I have a TTRPG company, so to speak, like I run, you know, I run this podcast and I run everything else as a business. And we are game designers and we produce things. Now, mind you, for the past 2017 till now, everything we've produced on Instagram, whether it's a map, a table, an NPC, a magic item, it's all been free. So just because we're not making money from it doesn't mean that this didn't affect us. This definitely affected it. We just waited. Me per, I mean, me specifically, I say we because it is a group of us who are moderators and there's admin and they're doing a lot of that. And we have, you know, some game designers now, but it's mostly been me creating this for the community. So when I heard that OGL news, man, it was like a kick in the gut. That, mm-hmm. was, that was harsh, but I wasn't surprised. Kind of like what you said. Yeah. It, it didn't surprise me what I've really found a community in because I, I continued to see from the OGL we have, and again, back in fourth edition, they started buying up stuff. So when Wizards bought D&D Beyond, I was like, hmm, something's going to drop. And then the one D&D stuff came and I said, okay, that's not bad. And obviously they're coming up with VTT and all that stuff, which I'm kind of conflicted because on one hand, I'm a technologist, so I like it. But on the other hand, I'm like, eh, that doesn't, that it's never going to replace the physical in-person, you know, laughing so hard that your stomach hurts and crying because you're laughing so hard or really having that moment. We've I've had emotional moments online with my friends playing. Be, again, long story short, ca- seeing characters in this game that I've played that they've been running it for 30 years die or seeing things occur in my homebrew world where people and my in-person group sharing a laugh that quite literally we were laughing the entire session, crying, trying to catch our breath. You don't, you can't, capture that in the same way but Mm -hmm. i digress it's i will say the silver lining from this is that wizards keeps messing up and just keeps dropping the ball and then great companies like paizo are just skyrocketed because you see that they care about their people now mind you I don't want to throw shade at anyone. I don't want any individual here to throw shade at anyone. Well, like, you know, that oh, they did this. No, it, it was a decision that was made. Unfortunately, people didn't know about it. People, whatever. But more importantly, like the even people from like WizKids, because I, I saw a lot of people from WizKids getting hate, which I didn't understand because they're just they just make the minis and the products for the company. They already had contracts out, right? They have contracts with freaking DC and Marvel for Hero Clicks, by the way. Fantastic fantastic game but i just i just want to make sure that we're that folks please don't throw shade you know we we always try to keep it clean and keep it friendly and i know this upset people but let's not throw that shade but anyway it's it was just i don't know it's mixed emotions for me really weird emotions and and that's okay i think that's okay i think we all have to be a little we're we're in a very interesting state of flux right now i i love the pathfinder numbers in the the main two weeks of this whole mess they sold eight months worth of core rulebook supplies you couldn't i don't know what it's like now this is maybe a month and a half ago back then you couldn't get a core rulebook um anywhere yeah uh, no, you couldn't and, and i'm so happy about that yeah i'm, I'm a huge cobalt 
Express fan. I uh, the Midgard setting and the Tomb of Beasts. I can't wait to see you know Chef's what comes out of For those who are just listening, Chef's Kiss. Mwah. But here's where I think we all have to be careful. I'm going to say some hot takes here. Ooh, hot takes. We like hot takes here. <laughs> I feel the OGL mess made a lot of people angry. Yes, rightfully so. And I know a lot of those people were rallying. First, you talk about being a small business owner. I am barely into that category through TikTok. Really, I had to. Scott was on vacation during that week and he came back and I had to fill him in because we had built something that if you commissioned a character through me, you would receive a custom character sheet, cool. a wax seal on the character sheet with an NFC tag embedded in the seal that would take you, if you held your phone up to it, it would take you to the video of me making your character. Oh, that's legit. Then we moved to what I call smart character sheets. And whether it's a character I create for you at a commission or it's a character that you've had already, there are two wax seals. There's the original one, but then there's another on the left side. And that also has an NFC tag. If you hold your phone up to that one, it would take you to your digital character sheet on D&D Beyond. And it was a, a hot item. People loved it. But now we're in this situation where I'm behind the movement of canceling your D&D Beyond subscriptions to send a message. But what does that do to me? Um, not a fun situation, but yeah. the people, you know, all of us getting angry. I, I remember what I heard from people the most was I'm not going back to D&D unless they promise to leave the original OGL as is. Make a new one for D&D Beyond if they want, but leave the original one for 5e yeah. as is. And I, I remember going... Yeah. That's never going to happen in a million years. I mean, I, I, I want that too, but it's never going to happen. And then it happened. And then they put things in Creative Commons. I was so blown away by that. Yeah, that, yes. I think the community was in general. And I think what some what happened with some people, here's my hot take, people were rallying together, which feels good. Mm -hmm. And then people got what they wanted. And I think some people were upset that the wind got taken out of their sails. Yep. And this is where it's left us. In a good way, it has brought us into a TTRPG renaissance. Sure. People are now talking about Into the Odd and Electric Bastion Lands, which I am so excited about. Look at what uh, uh, Kelsey did with, with Arcane Library. She mm -hmm. was my first guest, and now she's got this amazing, successful Kickstarter for her RPG, and it's badass. Kelsey, if you're listening, I love you this is awesome i'm so proud of you but like seriously like we are in this great age so totally get it totally totally agree with you here's here's the dark side of it though where i i think we need to be careful and i gotta stress people have a right to their feelings if you're still upset about things i i am with you i will i will stand on that mountain with you and respect your anger sure. uh, for its things i will i will put my hand on your shoulder and just be there for you but there are some people who are saying don't support wizards of the coast anymore which is is one thing and i'm kind sure. of okay with again still really pissed off about that, that week of silence but then there's a whole other movement of you shouldn't even play DD &D in your own home with the books that you already have because of the social economics that you're giving to wizards of the coast and that's where i gotta hit the brakes 
hard. Yeah. And I hit those brakes hard (laughs) because going in that direction, discouraging people from playing D&D, period, discouraging, um, shaming people for playing D&D, we are now hurting the people Mm -hmm. I was most concerned about in that first week. You can, again, I'm completely with you. You don't want to support Wizards of the Coast anymore financially. The cool news is there are so many other resources out there. Your own material that you've put together, oodles and oodles of creators on Kickstarter or Instagram, giving stuff away putting stuff on Patreon, you have literally infinity material for your games and never have to give Wizards of the Coast a penny. So let's let's stick together as a community. Let's not shame anyone. I am all for, I I began my first posts on this once the mess started and I still have that stance. We need to get rid of D&D TikTok. We we need to stop with, it needs to be TTRPG TikTok. Mm -hmm. We need to think of a clever name, but D&D should no longer be the, band-aid or scotch tape yeah the brand that encompasses all the products i agree they they need to be under the umbrella they shouldn't be the umbrella and actually while you're saying that i'm gonna even google what that is again on tiktok it is yeah like it's a it's billions of views versus trpg tiktok where it's not even i want to say it's maybe 10 percent of that yeah which i hate the fact that people think D &D, i've heard people and i've said this too out of habit out of uh poor grammatical habit hey D &D and ttrpg tiktok which is no it's it's hey it's not out of of bad no don't judge yourself for it it's how i started on tiktok for sure that's what the norm was and i had never really thought about it until this happened but this is even though i am surprised by their moves to return the, to keep the OGL as is and go with Creative Commons, they are well. No, not even to pick on them anymore. No one is deserving of being the umbrella. There's there's too much under it. By calling it D and D TikTok, how are you going to learn about the Quiet Year or Microscope? You know, Monster those of the week Monster of the Week. Um, I I was at OrcCon in LA and I was thrilled. One of the vendors had more uh, Beggar Talk indie stuff. I finally got some Mothership. Uh, okay, what's Beggar Talk? I'm I'm sorry. I okay. need to understand what that is. So this, this is pretty cool. And I I don't want to plug too much on your show, but no, please do. Uh, Go for it. So I am launching a podcast might have an episode out by the time this is out. Part of that one segment that I hope to have with various people on TikTok, and you're more than welcome to join, is the Beggar Talk Book Club. And what Beggar Talk is, it's all of those indie games that don't get the same focus gotcha. as D&D or even Pathfinder, and they're begging for some of that attention. Gotcha. So that's why Beggar Talk. So I, I picked up Mothership, which I've been dying to look at, but I also picked up a, a module that is all about creating characters and putting them in an adventure based on your fingerprints. Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, so unique. And I have always said this, even if you love D&D, play more games. Thank you. Thank you. I am so big on, you know, at the end of one of your arcs in your big game, big game, have a palate cleanser, play 10 candles. Have you played 10 candles? Not yet. It's on my list because I literally have a JRPG on the list. I have Dune. I have Warhammer Mm -hmm. Fantasy. I have all these ones that I want to run 
Because when you run more games, you become a better game master. When you play more games, you become a better player. You know, I'm tired of people throwing shade on Matt Mercer. And I'm not just doing this to kiss butt or anything. It's it's really... But Matt, seriously, if you're listening, um, we love you. Yes, we we really do love you, bro. Um, I I just I really just don't like the fact that new players get get an exposure. They see Critical Role and they say, "Hey, that's how my game should be." And then, oh, it's not that way. Oh, it's my DM's fault. Eh, maybe mm-hmm. not really. No. Um, and if you want to throw that clap back, are you being Travis Willingham in your game? Yeah. But, but anyway, I digress. But I, I I it's one of those things. If you play more you'll be better. You write more, you'll be better. You read more books, you might be a better author. And borrow and steal. You you talk about session zeros. I don't play Fate Core very often, mm-hmm. but any game that I start, regardless of the system, I usually steal their um, character interaction setup from, from the start of a, a Fate Core game where you're weaving this web of interactions through the characters, how they're related to one another. You know, I'm a, I'm a board game nerd too, and... Mm. I will tell you passion guns such a good you want to you want to make life easy yes on yourself as a game master one night let's say you haven't had a lot of session prep bring them to a house where there's been a murder and then pull mysterium off of your shelf and just play mysterium with your players and have the ghost of that murdered orc communicate to them who might have killed them yep you know, that that you is can, you can, you can incorporate that. Absolutely. Same thing goes with combat. Hey, you want to use the rules from the uh, from the Middle Earth Battle Companies, which is mm-hmm. games workshop, but it's Lord of the it's the Lord of the Rings setting. Use that. They have initiative rules, and it changes every round. So uh-huh. you get through all your rounds. You re-roll initiative because it basically uh, denotes for a change, but it denotes the flavor of the battle during that round. Who may or may not have an advantage. So utilize that. And, uh, and again, so so same concept. Borrow from other games. Use the materials, the mechanics from other games. If you're going to keep playing, and actually you mentioned something, and I'm really glad you mentioned it. For the folks out there who are really adamant about not playing D&D, even though people have bought the books. I don't think that's the right approach. You've purchased for you've purchased the books. And if your players, let's say they're so in my case, my players have not really my in-person group right now has not had as much experience playing TTRPGs outside of DD. So as I've told them, hey, if you want to continue playing DD, I will run it. If you want to play Pathfinder, I'll run it. If you want to play this game, I'll run it. But the world will still be the same. That does not change. Because we've made memories here, and can I can I share you, with you a story of probably please, one of the best please do DM experiences I've ever had as a player, and it involves other games. We were we were playing D anD D, and it involved these you know barriers in reality breaking down, portals opening up into other realms, and we had to set that right. Mm-hmm. And the first realm we entered was Barovia, so we did Curse of Strahd, nice. and you know concluding Curse of Strahd f- fixed that that issue. Um, <clears throat> but then as a pal cleanser our dm had us play a game called geiger counter have you have you heard of that one i've heard of it i haven't played it it's it's a horror um game pretty simple it has a die mechanic i want to say it's similar to 10 candles where the the game master grows a a bigger dice pool over time as your shrinks and we, we played this as a little palate cleanser about some high school who gets attacked by these monsters that are coming out of this magic um book and the villain 
villain is in the shadows scribbling monsters on the book and they're coming to life and attacking. So that was cool. That was just a one shot we did one night and we never mentioned it again. We played D&D. We continued to play and then the DM was like, hey, do you want to take a break and what if we try this this game, um, Kids on Bike? And so we put our D&D game on hold and we played Kids on Bikes for a month or so and it had this Stranger Things really cool 80s vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did a great job with a, a really good soundtrack and as we are playing this kids on bikes game things continued to get weirder until one of our characters from the dmd game popped up and the big reveal was we were part of the problem the kids on bike world had a barrier that was opening up into the dmd world and it was later revealed probably in our last session that the book that the vil- the item that the villain started with was that book from our geiger counter game and probably the last month or two of us playing this um, this game it would involve some nights we'd play kids on bike bikes some nights we would play D&D and then some nights we would split the parties and some of the D&D characters would go off with kids on bikes in the fantasy world whereas some of the D&D characters would stay it was I've never had a more that's genius fulfilling experience at the table that's genius and I see so what I do not to that level but to provide some sort of balance i have in my world the ability to travel the planes Mm -hmm. but by traveling the planes you essentially affect the world so you can travel to barovia but guess what there's a problem the reason that there's a problem in barovia is because you traveled there Mm. it's that it's because it's like that you know obviously they have the memes of like oh you you move a rock an inch and this outcome occurs but very much so of like the fact that you traveled here, just because you have the ability to, doesn't mean you should. Sure. The fact you did travel and you travel at this time, this moment, whatever, that's why Barovia is in the place where it's in versus um, other games. And that's kind of how I utilize the multiverse theory in my world where your characters, and that's the caveat, you still have to play as your characters, but just transcribe them for the other game. So it works really well when Numenera is Ooh. set a thousand years in the future if I'm not mistaken to the point where it is you know fantasy oh why are relics from the past here I don't know what's going on or hey um, I'm in the weird part of the future of the cyberpunk you know game where it's oh okay I'm having to understand technology and then now why is my crossbow this weird blaster Um, or even just for funsies because everyone knows the IP hey you were um, you, you know you've just been transported you know very isekai like and now you're playing a jrpg Mm. so that's where the multiverse theory comes in in my world and how to utilize it but again the caveat is you're still playing your character where i have i have it planned and i've had one person ask but again they their characters weren't there yet they were very much what would happen if my version DD, so my homebrew world of acopia meets the version of himself in vampire the mask great mm. well a lot of things would happen because it's like you're me you're meeting yourself it's a it would be a okay what's your intelligence modifier so to speak because that would be you'd have to understand the concept of oh there's multiple me's in multiple dimensions for infinite amount of time that and again i like using that i like using those things but what your game master did is ridiculous that's legit i would i'm ta- i'm definitely gonna borrow that just saying you know, um, i did <laughs> hey i'm doing it 
it. Um, and and again, it that adds that's that's the thing about D and D for the folks out there. You've already paid for it. Utilize it. Go for it. Just like the D and D movie, I saw it because hey, it went into production. It was paid for by the production company. They paid for the light, the the rights. They did this. They did that. But my thing, because I I was never gonna boycott it. I'll be honest with you. Um, because I also know how the film industry works. You know, hey, they've already paid for this. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when you go when it's like when your job or a company I'll say it like this it's like when a company purchases food they already bought it eat do whatever they're going to throw it away at the end of the day they're going to throw away the food so you can either eat the food bring some to your family do whatever or just let it be thrown away and guess what you're not satisfied and no one else is so you might as well find some of the satisfaction that doesn't mean that you don't stop fighting the good fight as a ttrpg or buy things from your local community go you know I love Reaper Bones. Reaper minis are some of my favorite minis. I have a pile of shame that is specifically Reaper. <laughs> can I go to my local game store? Yes. And can I go to the website? Yes. However, because going to my local game store benefits my community as a whole, I'm going to go there. And mind you, it's really expensive to buy books on at, at your game store. It's cheaper to buy it on Amazon, 20, 30 bucks, nothing. But when you go to your game store, you're supporting that community. Okay, you don't want to put your dollars, the hard-earned money you make into wizards? No problem. Don't put them in there. Don't put your gold in their coffers, but put it into a third-party creator. Absolutely. Support us third-party creators. Whether and if you can't afford monetarily, you know, you follow. Like that's where that's where I think it's so convoluted where the following is to not only be up to date with what we do, but it's to say, "Hey, I don't I can't monetarily support you, but I can be a supporter. I could be on the bet on on the sidelines cheering you on and there's no judgment no shame because you're part of the community and guess what you get some free stuff you get some free advice you get some free content from it whatever but that's like we i feel like we have to have a mentality shift in the ttrpg space we gotta quickly say hey this is what it is but let's move on as a group let's move out um, together whether whether D is is your favorite or not the thing that made it so incredible was the ogl yeah for sure. I never went into, <clears throat> I would go into my local game shop and poke around looking at other things. I never, I never go looking at the mainstream Wizards of the Coast stuff. I've, I've, I've purchased some of their books. I do mm-hmm. have quite a few of their books, but I don't dedicate the same amount of time and focus as I do on the Kickstarter pages, seeing the unique, clever, just completely out there ideas that folks are coming up with outside of Wizards. So the OGL is what enabled this community. It's what allowed this, this community to exist um it's it's really something special and we need to preserve it we need to stick together i agree i mean i and you know because i'm looking right now at some of the websites that i support and try to mind you reaper minis is up there because your boy over here has got a problem <laughs> i'll admit it just like i admitted my my true nature um i love minis to an extreme so i try to support but again support heck if you love minis like i do go to loot tavern support you know or loot studios and all these other 3d printing support people just support the community with those dollars right if if a D book is going to be 60 bucks that's 60 patreons you can support with at a dollar that's 30 that you can support it too or do the math like you know i'm going to subscribe uh this tier at 10 this tier at 10 and this tier at 10 and then blah, 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 whatever or 20 whatever the denomination is and just go from there you can do that you can you know again shameless plug the reason i the character prompts that i that i created and we created here are a dollar is so that it's the lowest barrier of entry possible. It's, hey, it's a buck.
fuck have at it like you, you can and and let's be real it's the internet you're gonna buy it and pass it to all your gaming group right. to use and it, it's one of those things that that's fine no problem i get it. it's like the hbo max right that whole meme uh only four people to use hbo but in reality it's it's that support i feel like and i'm not trying to sound mean y'all i really am not put your money where your mouth is if you're gonna support and say that you want to support or rather if you're gonna say you want to support third party do it because these folks are making like they're making monetary decisions based upon your support and they're feeding their family they're doing these things because of a company's decision like this is the time don't back down from the good fight obviously don't just burn your books that's a little counterproductive i mean it's been it's happened before in history a couple of times and it didn't really work out you can donate those books to your library donate them to the local game club at your at the high school that doesn't have it don't do, library too because they have gaming clubs they have a bunch of them but don't they have gaming clubs or you know whether they have a club or not some kid's gonna walk a stumble upon that and that can be his his you know gateway into all sorts of ttrpg fun um you might have just inspired the next you know matt mercer matt colville brendan lee mulligan uh you know and i'll tell you there you might yeah (laughs) there was a time in all that mess where i was even contemplating do i send my books to the library nothing's gonna stop no one's gonna stop you from putting a little piece of paper taping it inside that cover or back cover and saying hey welcome to the world of dungeons and dragons yep there's a lot of mess with wizards of the coast so i'm not supporting them anymore that's why i'm putting this book in the library i hope it brings you a great deal of joy yep. when you're ready to expand go to instagram go to you know patreon there are so many people other than wizards of the coast you could you could put that in that book yep. and whoever checks it out i'll see that if i could do a, a quick shameless pug plug please do please um, do on tiktok most saturdays scheduling wise that you know not every single saturday but most of my saturdays i try and do a supporting saturday video where i bring attention to at least one independent third party creator it, it, originally it was ttrpg stuff in general i am putting a little bit more focus on 5v creators right now because of this weird blowback yeah. um sometimes there are people on instagram who have you know patreons i also like to push some of my fellow tiktokers who put stuff out there like neo neo soul god uh, papa lichen yep. there are a bunch of creators on tiktok who are also putting up you know little packets of content on their their kofi shops and and things like that so um if you check out the supporting saturday videos hopefully i can point you in the right direction of someone you can support well it's no I, I and you know i'll definitely make sure that um we put that in the description links but it's, and, and and again it's just a weird time that we're living in and to, to say the least because i never thought this would happen in the ttrpg space at least i thought we'd be more protected from it but alas it is what it is um and honestly that's actually a great kind of like segue of hey this is what I, I th- if, if you get anything from this conversation is support your third party creators like you don't want to put money in wizard's hands no problem just put it in the hands of third party and don't yuck a yum don't yuck a yum <laughs> i love it um okay so i'm going to make sure that they are um well they as in the links are placed in the description i want folks to know where you're at i want folks to know where they can follow you and perhaps hopefully they will commission you for more character creations but give my man a little bit of time and space just saying um that's he's got six thousand that's literally like more days more you got years worth of content of character creation so you know but go ahead and put in the request now before anything because obviously you never know what the future is going to hold you might have 
6,000 now. Tomorrow you might have 10,000. Just consider that. But anyway, Nate, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Uh, we definitely need to get, I, we need to get you back on the talk. But also more importantly, uh, I, I want to kind of run a little scenario where maybe we kind of do like a live one-on-one uh, DM player and you be the DM and, or I could be the DM. It doesn't matter. But basically just to have a one-on-one as how would two DMs run a game for each other? So mm. definitely want to have you on that because that's going to be a new series that's popping up and you heard it here for the first time, y'all. That is a new series and we can't wait to showcase it. But Nate, again, I appreciate you uh, for showing up and taking time out of your day to, um, to to be here hanging out with me, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having This has been great and uh, thanks for meeting late and working with the time zones. Hey, no problem. Thank God for the internet. Um, but folks, again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You did not have to choose this podcast, but you took time out of your day to listen to this. So I thank you. If you haven't already, I would highly recommend and highly greatly appreciate you to subscribe to the podcast to, if you're listening to it on uh, your podcasting app, go ahead and give it a five-star rating and let us know what you like, because that gives us a lot of information on the podcast. If you're listening to this via YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, you know, do all the classic notification bell, whatever. But more importantly, let us know in the comments below what you thought about this podcast and what you want really to see from Nate and I. Um, But beyond all that, thank you. We love you. Remember to always be kind and compassionate. This world is crazy, but kindness and compassion go a long way. And again, we love you. Be safe out there. And as always, folks, keep gaming. Thank you.